Previously on Dungeons and Doctrines. And Raffi, who is regained consciousness slightly. Uh, maybe it would just be better if you got here and you couldn't bring me back. And Raffi died. Mr. Red standing in front of you. Have you given thought to my offer? I have. You will know who I am. And you will have the power that you need to protect your friend. The problem is, Meredith, Raffi... Yeah. Died, okay, on that bridge. Yes. But more the idea of Raffi? What if I told you that his body and mind survived? And now we continue. makes her way to Harold's place to meet him for breakfast. Harold, you've woken up in the morning, the day after your presentation. Um, do you now realise possibly how messy your apartment has gotten as you've neglected to clean it and all those things for a month? Um, I think Harold would, yes, internally recognise that. But also just be like, well, you know, it is what it is. <laughs> the exact opposite reaction to potential. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it is what it is. Okay, so I uh, Yep, and I think Harold's just gonna wear that one. Um, yeah. Yeah. So it's kind of that thing where you like you, you finally lift your head up from all the work you've been doing. Oh. Has it gotten like this or oh? Look around, it's like, oh my god. Yeah, you know when you've literally just, like, not had the brain space to even think about something, and then finally Mm -hmm. you're like, oh, man. (laughs) I I really shouldn't, but that that bin should have been taken out a long time ago. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. Yeah. Oh, I have no clothes to wear. I really should have done some washing. (laughs) Oh, look, my entire wardrobe is on my floor slash wingback chair. That I had to move so I could sit down and yeah. record. <laughs> yeah. Um, there's a knock at your door. Mm. And it's Meredith. Yes. <laughs> what was that tone? That was just me being like, uh-huh. That is, that is a thing that we were expecting to happen in the game. Um, yeah, so I mean, Harold's expecting Meredith, so I, I don't imagine he's even particularly like, cautious you know in opening the door he's probably just like yep that will be meredith and i will open the door hey harold hey um how are you doing after uh last night oh you know i got to potentials and had a a bit of bit of a meltdown but i'm fine now i think how's potential doing i suppose she probably wasn't uh too happy to have been on the moon for a day. 
also. Were any of us? I mean, at a certain point, I, I, I think mean, I was. Uh, well, that's... I mean, the moon crabs were fun. Yes. Um, initially, it was great being... We were on we were on the moon. Like, that's exciting. But after a while, I was like, okay, I would like to be home now. You know, I just, for once, I just want, like, uh, you know, like a wholesome adventure... Maybe we save a village from a banshee or something. Everyone, everyone wins. It just seems every time we go somewhere cool, there's some sinister turn uh, waiting for us somewhere. Have, um, we've walked in by yeah, now, right? yeah. I would imagine. Like, Meredith is yeah. following in, and she, like, points at the carpet and goes, case in point. Yes. I mean, that could have been awesome. You know, I, I'm thinking of, uh, <laughs> I, I'm thinking of, out of game, no shade to Ben. They, they oh, were yeah. great, but from player perspective. Yeah. I, I'm thinking of um, <laughs> uh, I'm thinking of selling the concept to uh, one of the artisans in the, the artisan quarter. I was thinking we could call, because I, I thought this would be a great adventure for children. And I, I, I thought we could call it, oops, we shrank the adventure. shrinking people and putting them into the carpet? Yes. Or a story? Yes. I mean, kids love those kinds of crazy out there things um or it could be like you know sorry we were shrunken or something i don't know i'm workshopping it still but i i think i think that might need to continue <laughs> are you ready for breakfast yeah yes no i'm i'm actually very hungry. I mean, no, no shade on your uh, trail mix, Meredith. It's extremely. I mean, it gets you there, you know. But look, it's hearty. Yeah. yeah. Right. Like it's it's no it's no five pies and a pancake. Speaking of, that's where I told Potentia we would. Awesome. Meet. Yeah. Uh, let's. Yeah. Let's do that. Uh, Sounds good. Yes. No. I. I kind of want to get this over with, honestly. And I was going to also just ask just how you feeling for Rafa's sake. I. You know, I just don't want this to go on too long. I I really feel a sort of debt to, to him, you know. I meant to ask, does he... I mean, I wasn't really thinking straight last night, but, like, is he up for contact with us or does he not want to see us at all? Or Well, I mean, I've spoken to him a couple of times since... Uh, huh. I mean, honestly, I, I, really, I really thought that he would skip town, you know. Uh, so imagine my surprise right. when I went back to the library to um, find that book. Oh, so you had no idea? Absolutely none, no. Uh, so, right, okay. you know, it was sort of a shock for me to find out he was still here. Uh, but that's Rafi for you. Okay. Uh, and... Yeah. Yes. I mean, I, mean he, I, I think he would be happy to see us. Uh, and... Well, I'm not going to lie. I'm really glad he's okay. No, I mean, yeah, me too. Like I say, he he really stuck his neck out for us. And uh, yeah. I think the least we can do is try and, uh, you know, sort out this, this sort of mess that we found ourselves in together. I'm just a bit worried about how Potentia's going to react, you know? I mean, I don't imagine she'll be pleased. But, um... I don't know. Sometimes you have to make hard decisions, and I, I think ultimately it may take some time, but I think potential may come to appreciate that. Mm. Meredith kind of like shrugs and makes like some sort of non committal sound and is like, 
You can tell she's like, I don't know, man. So just, I don't normally do this, but like in, in Harold's head, he's like, well, like, I've kept Potentia's secret. And essentially, in Harold's mind, what he's doing is keeping Raffi's. And so he's mm. kind of like, well, you know, can't have it both ways. But mm. we shall see. All right, shall we go? I I got back here and when I woke up this morning, I realized that I've been uh, doing that thing where you just concentrate on one task and forget about everything else. And even for oh, me... waiting mode. Yes. Yes. This place is an absolute dump. And even by my standards... It's a little depressing, so. Add stasis room. I get that occasionally. Yeah. Let's go get some food. Awesome. So the two of you head over to Five Pies and a Pancake. Tensha, you have gone to get coffee first. <laughs> More specifically, I've gone to get my refillable coffee mug not necessarily having ordered coffee by the time they get there because that would depend very much on how briskly they arrive okay and it kind of depends guys on how long you think that little interaction took and Mm. stuff because I would have to go all the way across campus to my office and then all the way back well five pies and a pancake is on campus so like it's yes but I'd have to go past it I think we worked out that it's that um, Conjuration is on the other end of campus to the guild hall type zone. So that's kind of why I'm asking how long did it take them to have that conversation because it will matter. I think you will have arrived first. Okay. Uh, In which case she has sort of found a corner table as much as she can where Mm. like, because she feels like she could has the potential to get quite annoyed and doesn't necessarily want to disrupt the entire place if that happens mm. because that's mm-hmm. not polite to um Michael's parents and their their workplace and mm. yeah so um well the weather's quite nice so the cafe is doing a good good business um you managed to grab a snag a table outside mm-hmm uh, inside was the request from Meredith, so she would try and honour that if possible. Okay. Um, it looks it looks pretty busy inside. Outside would probably be the better way of getting okay. a table. Well, in that case, she'll find basically something that seems suitable based on what Meredith would want. Somewhere we can hear each other. Yeah. Was I think what I said? Well, I think it's what she said, yes. Yeah. So somewhere we can hear each other, but also that's far enough away from like other people that she doesn't feel like she's going to disrupt the flow of trade. Like, so still in, within the bounds of Five Pies, but, like, on the edge of those bounds. Mm. Yeah. Snagging your table outside, sitting there with your coffee when you spot uh, Harold and Meredith. Walk on up. Hey, mate. She just sort of sips her coffee. Assuming that they're going to go inside and get food because she doesn't breakfast, mm-hmm. so she's kind of got everything she needs. Mm. She told Meredith she would snag a table, so she's assuming that they're going to go and do whatever they need to do for their breakfasting before cool. they sit down. I make the appropriate, like, we're going to go in kind of hand gestures. Mm. Yeah, 
much what after much flailing from Meredith. Um, this is great audio content because mm. because neither of them speak particularly good sign language. Um, <laughs> yeah, you get your your pastries, teas, coffees, whatever you need to get, and arrive back at the table together. I feel like it would be an air of awkwardness about. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, like Potentia's probably let them sit down. Like as they've sat down, she's probably just gone. Hi. And gone back to her coffee. Like, she's waiting. Harold doesn't know that she knows that there's something that's going to be said, but she's waiting. She's Should in he that, do, like, like some kind pattern. of perception check to see if... <laughs> I think Harold is perceptive enough to, like, see there is some iciness. Potential's being kind of icy. I don't know that it's icy. I think it's... it's that's not the energy. The energy is, like, mm. when you're ready... Like, mm. when you're ready, I'm sitting here when you're ready. It's not, like, mad yet. Mm. Even if that's the underlying stuff, because she knows that you're holding something. She's, it's just more of a, like, I'm waiting for you to tell me. I'm waiting. Yeah, so Harold would um, yeah, just probably pick up on that, obviously, and be like... Meredith looks a little bit embarrassed. <laughs> yeah, and be like... Look, I don't imagine Meredith was able to fully keep from you that uh, we, we need to talk about something. Um, I sort of knew that was the risk. Uh, I didn't give a specifics. Like I, 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 I didn't I just... think you would, to be fair, you know. But I also know that, you know, it can be hard to keep things inside sometimes. Uh, yeah, it was a little bit unexpected, I'm not going to lie. Well, you know, look, the thing is, is that obviously we've been through a lot uh, over the past day or so, and obviously we keep sort of finding ourselves in these uh, little scuffles, and sooner or later uh, there are going to be consequences, I imagine. And You feel her stiffen at that, because, like... The, she thinks she's gone through the worst consequence of her getting involved in other in affairs with other things. She doesn't know what she's going to tell you. You're going to tell her. Yeah. Uh, and and so uh, I suppose in uh, talking about that, um, look, Potentia, this isn't going to be easy to say, but I feel like you deserve to know, and I, I want you to know before I say anything that. I was... Sometimes you find yourself where you want to do the right thing by more than one person, but you can't. Uh, And you have to make a choice, but the choice that I made doesn't reflect my feelings towards you as or the value that I place on you as a friend. Oh, she's she's getting more like more and more like pissed off by the second because that is not because she has entrusted Harold with something and if he is keeping something from her where the sentence is I picked someone over you but it's not about you it's just I picked someone else over you that's not gonna fly well with her internal clock so you're getting that physical change 
Hello, everyone, and as always, thank you so much for listening to this latest episode of Dungeons and Doctorates. Something tells me things are about to get a little bit tense. Uh, maybe that's just me. I hope some of you were able to chop with Hate and Ben. At PAX, I was watching the updates come in and I was very jealous, but I think that some of you did and I really hope that you had a good time. And from what I can tell, Kate and Ben had an enormously fun time meeting some of you as well. We do have some new merch to talk about and it's one of my favorite designs. Kate was the mastermind behind this. Um, we kind of used the very typical alignment charts from D&D, which I've literally never used in game uh, ever, but we do have it here in our unique D and Doctorates way. So we have the chaotic nerdy, neutral nerdy and lawful nerdy merch, and it is really cool and it's very widely applicable. So if you are interested, actually, as I speak, uh, like today, as the episode comes out, there is a sale on at Threadless, so you can actually get a discount on that. Um, and that that's across the whole line. Um, that's a Threadless sale. Uh, it's definitely worth checking out, even if not just for us, for other people who are creating amazing things on there as well. So you can check that out at merch.dndoctorates.com. That's merch.dndoctorates.com. Uh, yeah, check it out. It really helps with the running of the show for us. Um, we do basically run the show at a loss at the moment. Uh, which is fine because we really enjoy doing it, but you know, obviously, all of it helps to keep the show running and uh, be sustainable into the future because we're having the time of our lives making this show and we would like to continue that for as long as possible. Do have a mid show message for you this week coming from Mum PhD. In July, I sent in a mid show message for my kidlets before we drove New York to Vancouver, there and back again. Just as a side note, this is me again. Very jealous. I would love to do that road trip. Sounds amazing. Um, she continues, we fell behind in our listening at one point, but when we played episode 80 and got through the 20 minutes and 30 seconds timestamp, it was magical. Thank you for these moments of joy. Congrats on leaving the moon. Though listening to those episodes while driving in and around craters of the Moon National Park was super cool. Thank you all for the gift of the show. Hey, P.S. Happy birthday, Daniel. Here's to more stories and adventures. Thank you so much for the message. I'm really glad that you enjoyed the show. Uh, honestly, the moon arc has been probably one of my favorites just in sheer terms of variety. Really, it's been a lot of fun for us. And uh, yeah, I, I am really glad you're enjoying it. Happy birthday to Daniel. And man, I just, again, I'm really jealous that that road trip is one of my sort of bucket list trips, I think, going from New York to Vancouver. Uh, sounds great. So I'm really glad that you had a good time there as well. I won't keep you for too much longer. We have plenty more show to get back to. Remember that you too can send in mid-show messages by visiting dndoctorates.com that's dndoctorates.com as well as your messages for the common room now i think our plan actually in the future is to try and move the common room to a live stream so for those of you who can join us live that will be amazing if all of you want to subscribe to dndoctorates on twitch we will be utilizing that a lot more in the future um, i might even stream some of the process of mastering the show for those of you who want to know 
what it takes to make a podcast happen. And I'll actually also be streaming a lot more on my personal Twitch, uh, my personal Twitch, which, which is Ross Bolch Plays on Twitch. So I'd love to give you uh, give me a follow on there and join me as I play mostly, I think, story-driven games. I'm thinking of playing Stray because I have it in my library. I haven't played it yet. I love cats. Uh, so in a lot of ways, it is my dream game. So yeah, join us at DN Doctorates on Twitch or join me at Ross Bolch Plays and we will soon be doing more of that stuff as well. And actually, if you haven't checked us all out on social media, please do. Obviously, we're at DN Doctorates everywhere, but we all have our own personal stuff as well. Joe is doing a bunch of TikToks these days, which I think is really cool. Um, and we all just have our own little projects. You know, Kate is involved in several other podcasts right now. So I would love for you to just give us all a follow and uh, keep up with us. But now let's get back to action. I mean, he's just going to power on. Um, look, when when we had that altercation at the, the bridge, obviously I, I wasn't ready to let Rafi go uh, and so I, I took him to the temple and he look he, he died you know and I feel like we haven't really talked about that uh, and addressed it but the thing is that uh, my sister and I uh we were able to persuade the gods to give Rafi a second chance. And uh, he was able to return to life. But unfortunately, Rafi has made a lot of enemies in the city and he felt it would be better if, metaphorically speaking, he did die. And it was my understanding that he would actually skip town, you know, so he wouldn't be chased by his creditors. But it turns out uh, Rafi didn't do that, and he's been living in the library in the sewer. And obviously for his own sake, I felt it was important to keep this secret for him. You know, he asked me to tell everyone he had died, and given how the bravery he showed really on our behalf I, I really felt I needed to honour that but knowing he's living there still I I think I would I think I would rather he get a chance like a real second chance to live his life uh, she is going to stand up she's going to put her coffee down and she is going to walk away from you like she's leaving okay she is not talking to you at all. She's walking away. Meredith is going to let her go. And she's just going to, like, sigh and put her coffee down as well and look at Harold and say, I had a feeling that would happen. Yes, well, it is a lot to take in, uh... I think we need to let her process for a bit. Yes, well, I mean... Yes, I think she probably just needs a bit of time. It is it is a bit of a revelation, I suppose. <laughs> yeah, it is. 
need to go and clean up and take care of some things at Griffin Hall. I'm going to go to her house this afternoon and check on her, though. I'll let you know how she is. Yes, okay. Uh, I do. I need to clean up as well. I just need to sort out my place. So we'll leave uh, Harold and Meredith as they finish up their meal and go about catching up with the, the life that they've just left for a day while being well and truly out of town. And we follow Potentia. Potentia is going to the library to find Bonin. Potentia walks into the library. What would Bonin see? She's in tears. She's walking into the library, like, not saying anything, but in full-on tears. And it is entirely up to him how he reacts to that. Uh, He hands the books that he was holding to just like a person just and it's a, some student that he's been walking past and he says shelve these and he uh, walks up to you puts his arm around you and leads you to his office she has probably over the last like couple of weeks since it's all happened spent a lot of time in the library um because it is a place where people don't talk it is a place where she can just be but he would have gotten the impression over those weeks that she was really, really unhappy and has probably checked in on her a couple of times. She probably hasn't said very much mm-hmm. because she didn't have things to say. He he walks into his office uh, with you and basically just throws his arms around, pushing books off of chairs to make space for you. Um, and you've never seen him mishandle a book like no. this. Uh, but he, you know, pulls piles of books apart, scrambles out some slightly stale biscuits that is stashed in the back of his office, and he starts brewing a kettle. Uh, and he just sits down across you and just looks at the desk between you. She's probably matched that, like, that thing where two people end up staring at the same point so they're not looking at each other but the energies are connected mm-hmm. they told me he was he died on the bridge he died on the bridge I've told myself for weeks that he died on the bridge but he's alive and they didn't tell me If if Potentia lifted her gaze to, to see him, he would you'd see that he is looking very thoughtful. There's like he's doing that mental calculation of like, okay, who was she talking about? Who is who ahead and tell her? What do I do now? He pushes the, the biscuits towards you. I am sorry that they kept this from you. They didn't tell me because they they thought it was better, and I get that. But how? How do I? What do I do now? 
she is at like that low point where like it's not depression it's just like she doesn't know what to do at all she doesn't know where to go this is the only place that her brain was like able to tell her to go right now it is a hard thing to learn that people you trusted have kept something from you something that was causing you pain could have been relieved by their telling and to find out that they withheld it is truly truly painful I do not know why they have kept this from you but if this person you have been grieving is alive then that is that is a point of celebration Tencha you can mourn this this lie that your friends have been telling you and that is something you can do for as long as you need to but there is something to celebrate as well here your friend, he is alive. She just sort of nods. But if he's alive and he didn't find me, then he doesn't want me to know that either. I am not so familiar with uh, faking one's death, but I have read many stories, and usually the person has a pretty good reason. Uh, you would not be the only one they have not been in contact with. They probably have others that they are also hurting, wanting to see. It is possible that how you feel now is how they have felt as because to to them their former life their friends they cannot see them they would be sad too not being able to see you but this truth you have learned it has freed you from the sadness that you have been in because you now know he is alive and you can see him and because you have this truth now you can build this bridge between you usually the stories I read with people who fake their deaths if it is uncovered that needs to be addressed but in the stories with happy endings it works out. How do I know if this is a story with a happy ending? How do I trust people who lied to me for weeks and didn't check to see if I was okay when I'm... Like, how... How can I... And she trails off. This is... This is truly tough. To trust someone who has hurt you is it is it is very hard thing to do but 
if if these people if they are your friends there is a reason why they have kept this from you sometimes it might be bad reason and maybe that is bad friend but maybe there is good reason maybe they are good friends Sometimes we keep things from the people that we care about so that we don't hurt them. I wonder if keeping secrets from from you has hurt them as well. Maybe they maybe they wanted to tell you this thing, but they couldn't. Some people they take oaths and promises and things of this nature very seriously. You see, I just sort of shake her head in disbelief that this is what Harold had in mind because, like, that it's that idea of, like, you haven't, he hasn't even checked to see if I'm okay. He's just kept a secret for someone else when I've, like, been hurting as badly as I have. Can I just sit here for a while? You can sit here for as long as you want. My offices are always open to you. 9am to 10pm. Monday to Friday, I joke. You You can stay here as long as you need potential. And then she she looks up from the table at him and just sort of says, Thank you. Sorry. Thank you. No. You do not need to apologize. You are always welcome here. And you are always welcome to have feelings and emotions. They, like you, are valid, real, and worthy of recognition. She just sort of sits and nods. And her eyes kind of go back down to the table and almost down to her lap. And she's just going to sit silently so if he chooses to leave he can but she's just gonna sit there for now uh he's probably going to pick up some of these books that he's knocked over (laughs) and like attempt to refile things um in his to read in progress to be shelved (laughs) files yeah um he he makes himself busy in the room in a quiet way to make sure that you're okay before he he will go back out into the the rest of the space. Yeah. The rest of the library. She's going to sit there for a while just to sort of process what he said and what she's learned because she doesn't want to go home because now people know where to find her there. So it was trying to find a place where she isn't going to be found, but also people aren't going to ask questions. <laughs>